0: This is The Coffee Commune Podcast, where the coffee community comes to collaborate, showcasing today another of our Coffee Commune members.
1: Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Coffee Commune Podcast. My name's Rehan. I'm the General Manager for International Coffee Traders based at The Coffee Commune. Today, our wonderful guest is Mr. Kane Cooper. He's the founder and director of Chapter 11 Kitchen. If you haven't been to The Coffee Commune, Chapter 11 Kitchen... Feeds the community, feeds the commune, and is a wonderful part of the business. It's a wonderful part of the community. Kane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ray. It's good to be here, mate. I'm really, really looking forward to this. <laughs> I got to say, um, aside from us being friends and talking to each other every day, I love your approach to food and you know the way that you deliver food and food service to the commune. Can you tell me a little bit about like what your inspiration is and where where your ideas come from? Yeah,
0: Ray, um, from a young age, um, you can thank my grandmother for that. Food was a big part of my life as a child. Um, my earliest memories standing on the stool at the kitchen bench making blueberry pancakes um, and also weird creations, garlic grub sourdough with anchovies and things like that from a very, very young age. So I guess it stemmed from there and my passion just grew over the years. You know, I was young when I started my apprenticeship. Um, I worked on the islands. I had really good produce at my fingertips, fresh seafood. I grew up fishing, camping. So I guess there's a lot
1: of place for inspiration there. So, so it sounds like you know, food to you is very much about home and family, and very uh, honest food. Yeah, look, I
0: think um, I think food should be shared. It's it's a love. We should all sit down and have a meal together, and we can have some of the most beautiful conversations over a meal. And um, you might be having a bad day, but you sit down, you debrief, you have have a nice meal with good company. It's fantastic. I just I love the buzz
1: and the energy around food. It's fantastic. So, on a, on a, just a personal question, what's your like go to meal on say a Sunday evening when you just want to sit down and relax by yourself? And what what's your meal of choice? Man, I'm going to embarrass myself here. Actually, um, <laughs> my meal
0: of choice is Vegemite and cheese on <laughs> on rice crackers. Um, honest to God, that's when I'm out of the kitchen. I'm at home and I I settle for some old Vegemite, a little bit of cheddar on a rice cake. Um, but if I'm if I'm honest and and talking more about dinners, I really enjoy Thai cuisine and a nice penang curry, a red duck curry. It has to have pineapple and lychees in there. Those real comfort foods, and they're warming, they're beautiful to enjoy, snuggle up on the couch or amongst
1: friends at a table, so that would have to be my go-to. So tell me about um, about what you do at uh, Chapter 11 Kitchen and the Coffee Commune.
0: Yeah, right. So it's, a, it's an amazing collaboration between the Coffee Commune and Chapter 11 Kitchen. Um, we're in there providing the food service, so that's anything from catering the cafe menu or your grab-and-go items. We do some really great functions in there. Myself and my team basically... We're the food gurus. That's what we do. Um, And it's so great doing it alongside people who are so passionate about the coffee and the service industry as well. Like Every day I wake up, I go into a a building which is full of passionate individuals, and it makes my job so easy. It's fantastic.
1: You mentioned you and your team are in there. Tell tell me a bit about your team because it seems like you've got such a great Combination of personalities in the kitchen.
0: We do. We're, we've got plenty of fun personalities in there. I've got um, Gustavo, young twenty-one-year-old Brazilian cook. He's an international student. He started with me at another venue actually as a kitchen hand, and I've trained him up from the kitchen hand to poaching the perfect eggs and doing such an amazing job um, in the kitchen. He's a really good kid, and if you see Gus around, say good day because he's he loves to chat. He loves to tell you many stories about football and Brazil and and things like that. So that's Gus. We have Kirsten. Um, Kirsten's a 10-year veteran in the Australian Defence Force in the Navy. Kirsten has the best personality I've probably ever come across, actually. Easygoing, hardworking, great work ethic, funny as they come, and um, fits the team beautifully. And then there's Tatiana. Tatiana's just recently started with us, again, another Brazilian. We love the Brazilians here. Fantastic. Um, Tatiana's looking to learn more cooking at the moment. She's more of a kitchen hand who has a passion for food and wants to learn, and I love that. I love being able to share what I do with other people. So the team really complement each other. Um, We cover everything from... We all wash the dishes, I should say. We all cook. We all prep. We we do everything, and we all work together as a team. We eat together. It's just a fantastic environment that we're we're fostering
1: in there. And um, I guess you know, setting a menu yourself and creating dishes, that's a skill in itself. But then what's it like transitioning that and getting your team on board with prepping your vision for the menu?
0: Yeah, look, it's it's not easy at times, um, especially with a venue like the Coffee Commune. We have such a wide audience in there. We have little meetings going on up in meeting rooms. We have functions. We have the pod room, which has we're hosting breakfast daily. We've got the cafe. We've got little external catering events. So there's always a lot going on. And look, it can be challenging um, to have a menu that I've got up in my head and getting these guys to to kind of execute it to the way I want to do it and to the standard. And you know what? They do a fantastic job because I'm, I'm a little bit difficult to work with sometimes, I think. I've got a bit of a perfectionist attitude to my food and, yeah, look, it, it's a work in progress, and I think under the circumstances, about learning the venue and um, where we're going jointly as a collaboration and, and what, what we want to achieve, um, it's all positive, and it's it's yeah, it's going really well. So, how do you get the best out of your team? Do you know what? Treat them like your family. That's I'm. I can't say much more than that. You got to. These guys come to me. They work hard. They work for me. They've got my back when I'm not there, and I've got their back. We pay them well. We feed them. I wash Gus's uniforms, but he probably won't <laughs> admit that if you ask him. Uh, but literally, we're a family. And i do anything for my family, and they do anything for me. And I think it's really important to have that kind of work culture in the hospitality industry especially. We work long hours. We work weekends. We do nights. We've got our hands in dishwater most of the day. So it's, it's, it's a tough industry. And yeah, the family and togetherness is what really, really, really matters to me.
1: I think when, when you say you're a chef, people get, get the impression that you, you've got the big white hat on and the Michelin star and and it's like this glamorous image. It's a bit like being a coffee roaster. Yeah, you you yeah. say, oh, I'm a coffee roaster, and people get the glamorous yeah, image yeah. That, that all you do is eat and drink all day and drink coffee exactly, and eat yeah. food, but it's not really the glamorous thing that people think it is.
0: Yeah, look, a lot of it um – a lot of it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of time management. I think the most important thing um, working in the kitchen as a chef is managing your time well. It can be the difference between having an excellent service that is seamless as to having an absolute pigsty, dishes everywhere and burnt fingers and things like that. So it, time management is really important, um, keeping clean, the whole cooking and plating up and garnishing thing—that's a very small part of what we do. And I think um, the public might perceive us to to be on an episode of My Kitchen Rules, for instance, and and that's how we do it. But it's, not, it's its actually really fast-paced, and a lot a lot goes into it behind the scenes as well. But we love it. We love it nonetheless. Like even if the glamour part of it's probably five percent.
1: So for someone um, maybe who's running a cafe and wants to expand their their own menu or develop develop a deeper food menu, what would you say would be a good place to start?
0: I think a good place to start is having um, really good data and records around your previous sales, um, obviously staying on trend with what's 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 trending in um, Brisbane seems to be a little bit behind Melbourne's and the Sydney's of the world. So keeping on top of trends from down in those places, as I said, the data, what your customers want, listen to your customers. I've had to learn a very, very important lesson um, becoming a, a business owner um, I have to have to leave the chef ego behind a bit, and be a business owner more so. And on that scale, it's finding balance in the middle. There's still being a bit of an egotistical chef who wants to garnish <laughs> things and everything beautifully, but also giving the customers what they want at a cost-effective menu item. You know what I mean? So it's 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 definitely a lesson. But data, data, data. That's all I can say <laughs> is. It it speaks volumes. I've just had a look at our data before, and since August last year, we've sold 1,442 bacon and egg muffins. (laughs) I feel like I'm working at McDonald's every (laughs) morning. I rock up and make bacon and egg muffins, bacon and egg muffins, bacon and muffins. But you know what? This is what our customers want. We do them at a good price, good quality ingredients, and we're going to continue
1: to give the guys what they want. So it's very important, I think. And um, for someone who needs a bit of help, like is that a service that you provide? Yeah, look, we haven't um, we haven't advertised as such um, at this point and really pushed it, but I've
0: I've encouraged business owners and and other chefs. To, you know, if you want a hand or a second set of eyes to look over your kitchen operation, your menus, your food costs, that's I'll happily do that. I'll sit down with you for an hour, two hours, free of charge, and we'll have a chat. We'll just honestly, chef to chef, business owner to business owner, we'll have a talk. We'll see where we can make some savings and maybe improve some process to get your wages down. A little example I was giving somebody earlier today. We recently changed our eggs. Now they're ten dollars a carton. We buy three cartons a week minimum. That's thirty dollars times fifty-two weeks of the year. You're looking at fifteen hundred dollars a year in a saving on a product that's equally as good, does the same job, and that cost that we save then goes somewhere else into the business to improve, you know, a menu item or to buy a new salt and pepper shaker or to put another staff member on. So. Finding those little savings in a business, it can be quite tricky, but it's also right in front of our eyes. We just have to look, and this goes back to having the data to back that up, but also the know-how and what to look for. And I believe my time in industry has given me that, um, given me that skill set where I can look at those things and, and offer some solutions. So yeah, always happy to help.
1: Um, and in terms of like on your day off, you're happy to let Gus run the kitchen.
0: I don't know if happy's the right – no, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Gus is fantastic. Um, you know, I remember what I was like at 21 years old. I was driven, I worked in a five-star resort, I was doing 12 to 16-hour days every day. It was totally different to what we've got here. Um, I was a stress head, I had an ego, I wanted to do all the fancy things, nothing like Gus. I have to take my hat off to that kid, 21 years old, can go down there and hold his own, poach eggs all day long, do a fantastic job of the menu and um, I can come in the next day and everything's done. So the kind of, I think that comes back to fostering that culture um, with the family and team environment and having trust in your staff and me learning to let go of the reins a little bit and give the guys a little bit of rope to run with it and prove themselves. So I think he's really flourished this year and um, I have no
1: worries in leaving him to, to steer the ship. Absolutely not. And um, the whole environment of the commune is, is kind of like that. It's about... You know, accelerating people's potential. Absolutely. Uh, accelerating businesses' potential. Phil says it all the time. And uh, I, I see it every day. I see it, you doing it with your team. And I see other businesses coming into the commune and connecting with other businesses. And it seems like the whole thing is fed by your kitchen, to yeah. be in, 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 a, in a manner of speaking, because everyone gathers there.
0: Yeah, they do. I and mean, that's what food does. It brings people together. Um, and on, on that, the team, the commune team who we collaborate and work with every day is fantastic. We have such a beautiful relationship with the kitchen and with, with the front of house, which I don't know if, if many people listening know what it used to be like in the restaurants back in the day. It was back of house versus front of house, don't walk over my line, blah, blah, blah. There was a bit of a war going on, right? But we've just created this beautiful workspace where we all have each other's back. Saturday mornings, I end up on coffee shots for the first half hour and we get under there. And I'm not a barista, but I'll I'll get out and help. These guys are in the kitchen scrubbing dishes. Like, we all have each other's back and have such a beautiful uh, work relationship there. So it definitely works and it's, yeah, it's something amazing to
1: be a part of. What would you say um, is next for your business? What's in store for the future?
0: Yeah, look, there's a few... um, there's a few things on the boil at the moment. I've got Karage Master, um, our chicken brand. It's the Uber Eats brand or menu Stop log delivery. Yeah, I, I know. It's really good. Um, unfortunately, over the last couple of months, we've had the, the COVID and we've had mandates and we've had the floods come along. So timing hasn't been ideal to really get stuck into that. But over the next couple of months, we're, we're going to focus really heavily on getting that off the ground and um, giving that a good push because the Karage recipe is amazing. And I believe you've tried it, Ray. <laughs>
1: I didn't know it was going to be a thing, (laughs) but, uh, man, it's, uh, I gotta say, uh, I'll, I'll give you props. I'll give you credit for that. I, I love Karage and yours has been the best. So that's going to go out on food delivery platforms? Yeah, food delivery platforms. And ideally, I'd be able to find a little hole in the wall mm-hmm. um, in a trendy
0: area in Brisbane, maybe Newstead or, or maybe somewhere near the valley. Just um, So we've got that the foot traffic and, and the delivery option as well. we want a bit of presence in the market. I want people to be able to see and feel us, not just look at a screen and, and see we're on a, a delivery platform. I'm, I'm very big on been personable in business yeah. and people being able to relate to myself or the brand or to what we're doing and not just the screen or a delivery app. So hopefully we do get the hole in the wall
1: as well. And i got high hopes for it. I really think it'll do well. We've had other guests on the show talk about food delivery platforms. I'm, I'm curious to get your take on them because it seems to me like you're really into service and into personal relationships and on a food delivery ser- platform, the personal touch is kind of separated out. Is Do you think there's a way of maintaining good service or giving people personal service through that platform? Yeah, look, this is a topic I've had many discussion with um, chefs, fellow business owners, friends,
0: family. I love delivery platforms because they do fill a void in the industry and they, they give us access to something we wouldn't normally have access to without leaving the house. What I don't like about the food delivery platforms is is what it's done for the cost of food and what we're used to paying and what people now perceive as a good deal. You might buy something on Uber Eats. Um, you might get the same burger and fries for $16 in a cafe and you pay $27 for it on Uber Eats. I'm not really okay with that, but... In saying that, these companies provide marketing, they provide the platform, they provide the drivers, they provide all these marketing tools for us to be successful and drive people back to our main business. So, it's a necessary evil if if you ask me. Um, I do think there is room for improvement on the model with what they charge, especially... The, the big one, on Uber Eats. Thirty five percent is is a really high number uh, for cafes and restaurants to cop, especially with what we've been going through, um, like with COVID nineteen, like with with the floods, different mandates we've had. So, I think a little bit, bit of relief there would be would be lovely, mm-hmm. and a, a new model where we can really adjust that price point so the customer feels they're getting value as well.
1: I'm going to argue with you a little bit here. And kind of stick my foot in it and go, well, if people are paying, the model works. And if people weren't happy with the prices, I'm talking about end customers, then the model would have fallen over by now. Yeah, I
0: think this is more for me, it's more of a personal, it's more of an emotional reaction for me. I want to give people food. If you come to my house for dinner, you don't leave empty handed, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm big on sharing food and love of food. So when I know somebody's purchased my bacon and eggs, which is, you know, $16 in a cafe and they've paid $25 for it, I feel like I've just rorted them, if, yep. if that makes sense. Okay. So I think it's more of an emotional attachment to the price and, and my love of food that drives that opinion. Um, but look, it does fill a void. It absolutely does. And I am so guilty for it. Grovely Thai, a bit of a shout out. That's my local <laughs> Thai and I get them on Uber Eats most Friday nights. So, um, And I'm happy to pay $50 for a curry, a pad thai and a side of prawn crackers. <laughs> I,
1: I think I get it. I think yeah. I get it. I think for you, you feel like I can deliver this for 16, 17 bucks. So yeah. if someone's going to pay 25, what extra value are they getting? And
0: if I had a money tree, yeah. I'd give food away because it makes people happy. I'd, I'd have everybody in my house, everybody mm-hmm. in my cafe, restaurant, and I'd yeah. Cook for them with, with no money exchanging hands. That's just how I am, and that's how I view food. So I want I want the customer to at least um, I feel like they've had value. Um, yeah.
1: So um, if if you could do if you could do something for free, what would it be?
0: Look at the moment, and I'm not going to get political and delve into what's going on in the world. But I'd love the people of Ukraine and the people who are suffering in the world at the moment to be able to have access to, to food, shelter love, care, conversations and all that. It's it's a really tough world we live in at the moment and something is providing a meal for these guys that are, are suffering. And that's just, not just the people in Ukraine but the fa- families, the relatives who might be in Australia or the US or in another country. It's It really is a sad time and I think even a small amount of food, a shared
1: plate at the moment would go a long way um, for those people who are suffering, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of times you mentioned during this podcast um, the word tough and the word there's difficulties or there's challenges. To me, it it seems like you're talking about mental health.
0: Yeah, look, um, the hospitality industry as a whole and and not just all industries, let's face it, it's the last two years or more have been really tough for a lot of people. A lot of people who have lost everything, who have been flooded, they've lost business, they've lost homes, they're... It's been, it has, it's been really tough. Um, There's a lot of people out there who have just showed that warrior spirit and survived and fought through um, these times. And I take my hat off to them because I haven't been affected like some people and I found it really hard. So I can't begin to imagine how these people might feel with the different obstacles they've faced through their personal life and business. I really, fingers, everything crossed, fingers crossed, hope that the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, goes smoothly for business, goes smoothly in the world. Everyone shows each other love and care and, you know, togetherness and we can all achieve what
1: we want to achieve. That's it in a nutshell. Just <laughs> let the bad times be over, please. That's a, that's a lovely message for us uh, to to maybe finish on. Is there is there anything that you wish I had asked you? No,
0: I think we're pretty good. I think um, we've covered that. As you can see I get very passionate and driven and talk and talk and talk so I think we've covered most things in finishing I just want to say that um, if you haven't been to the coffee commune and you haven't been to chapter 11 kitchen and experienced what we have to offer there um, whether it be a roastery tour coming in for a cup of coffee a spot of breakfast or just to walk around and have a look get on down here and and see how passionate the team are honestly you feel such a buzz you walk in the door and, and you do you feel that buzz and as, as Phil puts it, it's where the Coffee Commune collaborates and it's where the greater
1: public should collaborate as well. Kane, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, Ray. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to the Coffee Commune podcast.
0: Remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you're listening.